So welcome everyone back into our Zoom room. Uh, this is episode two of our Zoom room. We have Dennis Bean again here with us, Neil Horgan, and special guest, Admir Softage. We haven't seen Admir in a long time. Admir, how are you? What have you been up to? Uh, doing great, lads. How are you doing? All good. Uh, here in Germany, obviously, uh, the same same uh, topic as in Ireland, I presume. But uh, yeah, keeping the spirits up and... Uh, Great to see you all. I thought you were in Bosnia. I thought you were back in Bosnia. No, I'm not. I'm living in Germany in the last um, eight years now. All right. And you're, is yeah. that, you're coaching there, is it? Yeah, yeah. Obviously, uh, I ended, um, yeah, I didn't end. I'm still in a player coach uh, role. Um, so I'm still playing actively, but uh, uh, for the club that I signed with in 2013. So it's like, uh, long seven years here at the club and uh, as a player now as a player coach so uh, exciting times oh very good admin is a bit like steve mclaren and they do know what i mean mclaren went over <laughs> the night in the netherlands and he gave yes of course yes <laughs> had came the car he's right bye you're right now he's over there he's, he's, now he's very german all, this, all of a yeah, sudden again yeah, you, you know? have to change an accent. accent you have to change the accent, the accent. The accent Accent is gone. I haven't yeah, been. To, is gone. I haven't been to Cork in ten years, so I, I haven't. It won't be for another ten years. Uh, the way things are going. The way, <laughs> hopefully not. No, no. I'm actually planning to come over um, with the whole family to visit uh, because uh, the little fella is asking. Oh, you played in Ireland. I'd love to see Ireland. Love to see Cork City. And uh, but uh, unfortunately, you know, family plans and family holidays are always. Um, yeah, the go ahead. Uh, but someday, someday we will come to Cork and uh, we'll go for a for a pint and a jog, Dennis. <laughs> <laughs> what what do you what do you want to say, Admir? Uh, uh, I'm sure I'm sure you're keeping fit. I was uh, I was watching the first episode and um, obviously you were saying about uh, the runs. He's playing with Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, yeah, he's 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 doing it, but he's fitter than he ever was. No, Eddie, I'm telling you, no, he's unbelievable. I'm just using my brain, and the camera adds on ten pounds to add me. You know that, don't you? Sure. <laughs> <laughs> what um, what age were you when you came to Cork? Oh, um, 16, 17. Okay. 17, 17 years. Yeah, seventeen years old. Um, I came. Um, full-time Premier League so so to say right. um, I think there was like only eight lads they were full-time at the time um, I remember coming on trial for a week um, great setup uh, we were training uh, at Deer Park yeah uh, <laughs> long time ago long yeah. time ago um, Pat Dolan was in charge so there was a lot of enthusiasm on the on the on the pitch anyway yeah. Um, so I signed and um, obviously um, started college also in, uh, in Stefanifa. So for Cork City was a great opportunity. Um, so yeah. And you were you were living you were living just around the corner from Deer Park, weren't you? I was, I was living. Yeah, yeah. I was living in Balifehan, so it was a, a two-minute walk to training and back home. So it was handy. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I actually, I actually, the first few times um, I was in, in in the squad for 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 a game, I was actually because I didn't have a driving license with 17, not yet. 
uh, I was actually walking to the stadium and I was just thinking, mm -hmm. oh, how bad when the people see me walking with a Cork <laughs> City bag. Yeah. But uh, no, no, it was great, great times, great memories. What uh, difference is there in standard at yeah. for the last couple yeah. of years with your team in Germany? So obviously, um, when I signed here, uh, I came here over in 2011. I came to the fourth tier in Germany, so it was a yeah, decent setup, uh, very, very professional. Um, in my league at the time was uh, Red Bull Leipzig, so this team that's uh, now playing oh, yeah. on top of the Bundesliga. So it was a very competitive uh, fourth league. Um, um, they, so why are you in the Champions League now? What? <laughs> Why are you in the Champions League now? You're supposed to be player coach. What did you do wrong? We're not, we're not, we're not, we're not sponsored by Monster. <laughs> we're not sponsored by Monster. <laughs> so, he's just getting uh, yeah. started, Dennis. He's, he, he was a player all along, he was saying. Now he's, a, he's, he's assisting coach there. So you'll get him up, Addy, won't you? Yeah, of course. Uh, there's, uh, there, for everyone, it's hope there. So that is hope. Semi-pro in the German fourth division. The semi-pro? No, it was full time. Okay. Ox, it was it was it was professional. There was obviously a couple of lads that were uh, studying and uh, uh, doing part-time jobs, uh, so just to just to keep going. But uh, majority of the squad was uh, professional. We was training at uh, ten o'clock in the morning and uh, two two in the afternoon. So it was it was pretty decent. From a level point of view, and uh, we were playing in big stadiums. So most of the clubs that were playing in the fourth tier when I was uh, still playing uh, are uh, in the third tier now. So the, the backbone of the third league, uh, which is very very strong in Germany, um, is now from from back then when I was playing. So it was like, so my first game when I came to Germany, I didn't know about the levels. You know, I was thinking, okay, the fourth tier, what's what's gonna What's going to happen here? How, how is it going to be? But uh, the first game we played uh, away at a club called uh, Magdeburg. They were actually, they won the UEFA Cup in the 70s or something like that. So they were pretty big in the, in the, in the, in the east, east of Germany. So the first game, big stadium, uh, decent stadium. Um, like 9,000 people in the fourth tier, you know, so it was like really, really great atmosphere. So I was really loving it. Like, uh, it was a great standard of play and uh, it really, really yes. developed me also. Yeah. So I had to, I had to learn German uh, quick because the Germans don't like to speak English that much. And uh, so I had to adjust, adjust pretty quickly, but um, yeah. Um, well, we, we don't like speaking German too much either. So, <laughs> <laughs> so, so no job opportunities for you here. <laughs> yeah, definitely. I'm working, for, I'm, work, I'm working for a company in Germany, so I, I, you never know. I could end up over there yet. You never know. You're very welcome, jo uh, Dennis. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I'll move in. I'll move into the attic. Yeah, the fourth division is fully national league, so you're traveling up and down the country. A lot of traveling, I'd say. Admir was there. So... The fourth league when I came was um, split up in, 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 in two regions, first of all. Okay. Now uh, they split it up actually in five regions. All it's, right. It lost a bit of quality because most of the good clubs went up to the third league. Um, so they wanted to give the smaller clubs a, a platform uh, to play the fourth tier league. Uh, but they, they 
spread it out a bit uh, and uh, yeah so it's like uh, five regions of germany it's a bit like the, the, it's like it's like the um the national the national league over in england so where they have it regionalized underneath the Ryman premier something don't like they that. yeah Perfect. yeah some, some like that some like that um something like that so the fourth league is mainly used uh, from uh, the clubs from bundesliga clubs from the first league uh, their second teams are playing in the fourth league mostly okay. okay so you're playing uh, against uh, so you're playing against hoffenheim second team uh, stuttgart second team so teams like that so the the lads are pretty decent uh, so, uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah so uh, but they have it also hard because uh, they are stepping up from the youth league into the seniors so the first year is always a shock so they play against like seasoned pros who, who play at various various levels you know mm, and yeah. playing in stadiums in front of uh, um, yeah supporters and you know so it's, it's a great experience it's a great stepping stone for them uh, because most of them end up uh, getting pro contracts with the first team and uh, going to do great things uh, there's a number and of they- players who are playing who are playing uh, in the Bundesliga, who just only a couple of years played in the fourth division. And can they get promoted in Admir? Uh, they can get promoted as long as the, the club is in the first league. So if they are in the third league, it has to be two, two uh, league separation, so to say. So we have a case, Bayern uh, Munich, they have a second team who's playing in the third third uh, tier level. So they're doing... But is that, is that, is that not hard for you to compete with that kind of, I suppose, money if you're in the third division against Bayern Munich. Even if you look at the, the first division here, which Amherst Rovers looking to put a team into the first division, yeah. you know, you have that buying power, yeah. you have that the setup against more or less part-time teams. It must be a tough one to see those coming into it. Yeah, it's obviously it's obviously a cha- challenge for, for most of the clubs uh, competing with that. I have to say the third league is fully national, so it's just the one league in Germany and uh, filled with like really, really great teams from uh, ex-Bundesliga teams like the, the clubs who, are, who played um, only as recently, two years, three years ago in, in the first year, but dropped during yeah, financial strain and whatever you want to call it, uh, choices outside the, the pitch. Um, but obviously, like a team with Bayern Munich quality and uh, the setup that they have, um, they they can they can really prosper in this league. I mean, um, you you have to look at it this way: Bayern Munich they have a they have a vision of creating like a second team for the UK to get a stepping stone into the first team or the big leagues. So to play in the third division in front of twenty thousand people, which when they play in Braunschweig or some teams that are playing the third division now who are ex-Bundesliga teams, you know, it's a great experience uh, for the team and they are not buying experience, uh, yeah, which is quality enough, I'd say. Yeah, people watching now at the moment are probably going to be uh, looking at you, Admir, and it's kind of stalling a bit. They're probably wondering how you're doing that trick, talking and then staying still at the same time. He's not a, a trained professional puppeteer, by the way. He's just... He's a ventriloquist. Yeah. I think the coronavirus... Yeah, I think I think he had a knack on the pitch. He looked like a footballer, and not do yeah. too much either. <laughs> <laughs> 
So what what's the situation there, Admir, with your players? What are you, what way are you advising them? What like obviously are you, are you having like a WhatsApp group or something, or having individual programs or? So the situation is, I'm basically we are now in the fifth year, like my club. Uh, we we had uh, some bankruptcy issues two years ago. Um, yeah, it was not easy, uh, but uh, we are building up. Um, obviously, we are um, in a good way now, um, part-time, so we're not full-time. Uh, most of the guys go uh, work or studying or something like that. Um, obviously, this, this whole uh, virus thing um, was a bit of our, our way because we started the second part of the season. You know, here's two parts of the season, like uh, not like in Ireland. Um, we started the second part of the season. Uh, we won two games out of two games and uh, got closed the gap on top uh, to three points and was supposed to play the top team on a Friday night before they called off the league um, that night. So it was unfortunate. We had a we had a good run, so they called it up uh, uh, off. Sorry, and um, yeah, obviously uh, not a great not a great timing for us. So what we went is um, we, we gave, uh, so I, I'm in charge for strength and conditioning. I obviously okay. um, was studying in Stefanifa, uh, strength and conditioning. So I had some uh, knowledge. Uh, I did some uh, uh, functional training licenses and training for, for teams here. Um, I was also a personal trainer for a couple of years, training with like individuals, okay. athletes and teams here. Um, so I have good bit of uh, experience and knowledge uh, in this field. So I was obviously making uh, training plans for the, for the team, uh, but we now have a break until uh, officially 20th of April. Uh, I think maybe another couple of weeks uh, after that, the season should resume uh, without fans. Uh, so, so what I'm hearing from, from the association these days, um, so we have a, still a long time to go before we uh, get onto the pitch. So obviously, um, what we did, we're gonna uh, train uh, together tomorrow. Um, we're gonna use Zoom as an online platform to train from home. Okay. So I'm gonna be doing uh, a training session with the whole team, um, functional training and like mobility training at home. So just to keep up the team spirits uh, up, keep the fitness up. So we're going to be doing that uh, from now on two or three times a week. Uh, they're going to be doing the runs uh, also outside. So hopefully everybody can stay fit. Can you get uh, can you get Dennis on your program? <laughs> there, to be fair. There's still one spot available. If, if there you go, Dennis. Wants to join in. If Dennis he, wants to join in, he was he was trying to trump he was trying to trump your magic ventriloquist uh, trick there by disappearing there a minute ago. Yeah. I mean, it's not a it's not a coincidence. As soon as strength and conditioning was a topic, that yeah, Dennis went gone. off. Yeah. <laughs> Nothing new there. What well, well, guys? I didn't need it. I didn't need any more strength. I had too much of it. I had to give some away. Anyway, right, hugs. Of course, of course. I think I just had to get some of it away. You, but, you played, you played to your strengths, then it's that's the most. Absolutely, important. absolutely. If you didn't hit my feet, what's the point of playing? Do you know what I mean? It was just, <laughs> I, it wasn't a greyhound track. You'd never kick it ahead of me and run after it. You know, <laughs> just, it just hit the feet. But if you I look, mean, if you look at, if you look at that scenario, Ad, Admir, like yeah. 
um, you're trying to keep the spirits up. You're doing your Zoom. You're doing your your sessions. Okay. Yeah. Mentally, that must be tough for the lads because they're coming in from work. They're now yeah. jumping on on a Zoom call, or they have to go yeah. off and. Uh, so, what are you doing mentally? I know Hoggy loves this side of the mental side of the game. You know, what are you doing? <laughs> what are you doing? Because <laughs> he was mental when he was playing at the best of times. You know. <laughs> What, what do you what do you doing what are you doing with those boys? Do you have a sports psychologists or any of that that can help there? Um, yeah, not really. As I say, we are we are pretty much part time setup, so we are trying to maximize everybody at the club. So I'm actually doing like two three job jobs at once just to just to um, keep it going because we don't have the resources to, to to pay a psychologist or to pay an extra fitness coach or whatever. Uh, as much as we want to, uh, so obviously we're trying to keep it uh, um, a tight, tight group. Uh, what we're doing is the the, the head coach is, um, yeah, calling the players up, uh, checking on them, you know, just talking, talking about uh, football and general. It's 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 it's, it's really hard because uh, you have your daily routine. It's been taken away from you. You know, your daily training, your daily meeting. Uh, um, so so. It's, it's going to have an effect, I'm sure, on the players. So we're trying to do with the online training just to keep the spirits up. I think they're going to be glad to see to see each other, even though if it's like this, um, to see each other and to know, okay, next week we have another two or three sessions online. Yeah. So at least we're going to talk to each other, see each other and have a laugh. That's also important uh, in, this, in this situation. And obviously... It's going to be hard the next four or five weeks to train on your own. Obviously, the fitness, uh, uh, the gyms are closed. You know, you can't go to the gyms. Uh, so it's, it's a lot of, lot of self-motivation and self-discipline, uh, which has been asked. We are trying to give them also materials and uh, send them like videos. But like, you know, uh, in today's world, every, every one of them has Instagram and Facebook and whatever. So they are watching videos from from favorite players and probably watching videos from the rock or whatever giving speeches and i, I think uh, they are just taking taking away just waiting for that uh, day they not watch fetv no if we got we'd have to get german <laughs> subtitles would we yeah yeah obviously, obviously we'll get Amir to do the subtitles Hug, yeah, i would love to i would have loved pat dolan to do a zoom meeting because we're no paying for these only 40 minutes and it's up. You know, you know, finish a training session. <laughs> instead, of being in, I mean, instead of being in Deer Park till half 11 at night coming away, you know, that would have to finish on time. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, the training sessions were only three and a half hours with Pat. Yeah, that's all, only. only that's all. Jeez, Jesus Amir, what's, the, what's the name of your team? Tusk Koblenz. How do you spell that? Uh, K O B L N. Uh, Z, Koblenz. Okay. Koblenz. So, so just yeah. Koblenz. Just just a, uh, a short story about the club. Um, only ten years ago, uh, we were playing the second Bundesliga here. So wow. for four or five years, uh, here was um, second Bundesliga. Um, it was a great great stuff for the city. You know that the stadium was packed every week. There were some great teams coming down here, and obviously in the last ten years. Um, yeah, because of uh, some decisions um, on the board, because of the financial strains, the club all mm. spiraled uh, uh, 
into the fifth league from the second league. Um, it's it's a very very thin line here between professional football and really making it, and between like fifth leagues and part-time football. You know, everybody wants to to get to the big boys, but like it's a it's a really uh, big ask. And obviously they have a a strict regime here. What uh, the football association they are uh, asking for your uh, budget in front. Uh, you'd have to have. Um, so just just for example, if you want to play um, if you want to play the third league, you will have to have a capacity of uh, at least twelve thousand seats. Uh, you will have to have uh, at least five million in your playing and staff uh, uh, money is guaranteed for the season. So it's like it's a lot of for the for the clubs who who don't have like a a big sponsor like Red Bull or Bayern Munich or a big fan base. Oh, it's a lot. It's a lot of ask, you know, to get the sponsorship. Uh, even even we as as part times are struggling every year to to acquire new people. Um, and uh, yeah, it's it's a battle, but obviously uh, um, we are we are. And are you the only team in Club Koblenz? No, there's another there's another team who uh, got promoted in the fourth league uh, last season. Um, they went into the fourth league. Uh, they are not doing well. They are uh, bottom of the league. Uh, obviously, that's the first time in their history that they went into the fourth league and um, with no experience and pretty much the same playing staff. It was very hard from the beginning for them to keep uh, to keep the status, you know, in the league and. Uh, they um, they under underestimate a little bit the fourth league, you know. Uh, it's like a mini, it's like a mini Cork, isn't it? In theory, with Cork and Cove, you know, you have two teams, each yeah. in, in the in the leagues, and both teams just kind of just struggling to to keep their head above water, you know. The boys yeah. using the Cork Roach scenario, the lads. I mean, you know, yeah. just keep going, you keep going, keep going. But it's hard to get sponsors when you have two teams close enough. Uh, yeah. And they'll always try and go with the team that's going higher up, won't they? Yeah, so so that's exactly what will happen to us. So it's a big rivalry uh, between us, even though they don't have that much tradition as we. They don't have a, a, a huge fan base, but uh, they did a great job in the last few years. They, they won back-to-back -back promotions in the last five years. They got to the fifth league and then... Uh, went out went on to to get promoted in the fourth league. So obviously they took that energy with and new sponsors and they they kind of won the sympathy vote the last uh, couple of years. So it was hard for us to keep up with that because we were going to the same sponsors or the same people and wanting uh, to to yeah wanting people to buy into us and to our concept of work. You know, so they were saying, but we are. We are not playing uh, attract, attractive football in a sense. The fifth league is not so attractive as the fourth league for, for the sponsors also because in the fourth league you have at least two televised games uh, secured and um, the, the broadcaster is actually a German, top German uh, channel for, for uh, sports. So on average when you play on a Monday night, and it's Monday night games uh, when it's live on, on telly, uh, when you play on Monday night, there's like 300,000 people that are tuned in into the game, on average. Okay. That's so, okay. uh, yeah, so you can, you so can. So for your sponsor, it's a big, it's a big, yeah, it's a big draw. Yeah, obviously, 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 it's a Just huge thing. So obviously, we we don't have that platform now in the fifth league. We have our own uh, TV, which is covering our own games. So every weekend on the YouTube, 
home anyway. We have a we have a live game, so um, they are trying to do sponsorship over that to build up the audience, obviously. Uh, but the fifth league is not so attractive as the fourth league. Obviously. Just having lived in Ireland, Admire, and being a part yeah. of Irish football and kind of being around the association to club, to player, to yeah. coach, to manager, to fans, like. How would you compare it to Germany? Is there like obviously in Ireland you're competing with GA and rugby and stuff like that, whereas I, I imagine Germany is more football uh, focused and there's more of a love for the game over there. Yeah, obviously it's huge. I mean, uh, football is uh, number one sport here. I think uh, the second is um, handball or or basketball. I don't know, but like um, you have so many clubs i mean just just in this city and around the city in like a 50 kilometers area you have like 400 clubs you know yeah. so you can imagine how many clubs and seniors until the under 10s or, or or the little ones you know everybody's competing you know so um it's it's really hard um to 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 keep up with everything and to be to be, um, how would I say, like, um, yeah, to be on top of on top of on top of your game, you know, because everybody's trying to get that uh, uh, to get a piece of the cake, you know, from the sponsors and everything. And there's not many sponsors left who want to invest in in football. You know, everybody's looking at the big leagues. Uh, we have here in the region uh, north from us is uh, FC Köln. Bundesliga, we have um, 45 minutes from us is Mainz, also Bundesliga. So you have a lot of fans also in Koblenz who are fans from the Bundesliga teams who are watching them, investing monies in them. So it's pretty hard to be a local team who wants to progress, who wants to go in the big leagues. Um, even though we, we made it like 2010 in the second league, uh, but obviously uh, people were disappointed the way the club was run the last 10 years, you know. And a lot of people uh, didn't want to support uh, that way. So we only have like a hardcore of fans who are supporting. Even though for a fifth league, I have to say, we have like uh, average home attendances like between 1,000 and uh, 1,200 people, you know. It's good. So it's pretty decent, you know. So and we are the team who are bringing, like we have an organized fan scene. So when we play away, we're playing in smaller stadiums or smaller pitches. Um, we are playing. Uh, we are bringing like 250 to 400 people with us. That's really so good. Have, so we always have a home game away from home. Yeah. Not everybody <laughs> has, a, has a fancy like like right. us. Adi, do you know in terms of the fans owning the club over in Germany and the you know the kind of 51% owned by the clubs? Is that just the big clubs? The fans. Um, so in Germany, uh, every club is. Um, so in Germany, it's, it's, a, it's a bit like there's AGMs. And if you're a member of the club, you have a right to vote on the board on every question uh, uh, in the club, politics, whatever you want to do. There's a, once a year a, a big AGM meeting where every member uh, gets to vote for the future of the club. So what happened interestingly to us uh, because we went bankrupt two years ago, you know, and in the bankruptcy, our old board uh, left us. So they resigned for obvious reasons. Uh, so we didn't have a board. We just had um, an officer who was doing like, I don't know how, how do you say it? You can correct me. 
like a liquidator or receiver so, or yeah, yeah yeah so the liquidator was the liquidator was obviously the 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 president of the club at that time you know he was he was being asked about everything you know uh, so just last december we had the first agm in two years to vote like because we went we we are now out of the bankruptcy we are we are healthy again we can right. we can we can run the club um so um so it was the AGM and the people like the fans and the members of the club voted on the AGM on the new board. There are six places on the board, like the president, the vice president, finances, um, uh, I think sports director, which funnily enough, I took, I mean, I was elected, Miss I took, I was elected. Uh, and uh, there is like, uh, I think, board for uh, youths so we have like six positions um, who are running the club now so i'm one of the positions um took up um, um, so it's it's a big democracy here in germany so what happened on our agm somebody came up with an idea to put me up for a vote for the sport uh, director position because the last few years i was really involved as an assistant coach also in player recruitment with the head coach um, i'm always involved um, between our youth teams and uh, i'm also the head of the head of the strength and condition for our youth teams and obviously uh, doing a lot of scouting in the youth so they obviously knew that i had a lot of knowledge in the club uh, and uh, outside so somebody just proposed that i should do this and it went to the vote and i was really surprised so i i I won against another candidate that was uh, not active in the club scene, uh, but wanted obviously to come in uh, into the board. So I won. I won uh, uh, at the AGM. So we are now basically uh, our president is also somebody who was in the fan scene. So you can say our club is now run by the fans in okay. in, a, in a way. It's it's a similar situation like uh, at cork city you know i mean yeah. the majority in the board uh, are from the fan scene scene um, so i think it's a great thing because uh, um, it's an opportunity it's a new way of thinking obviously uh, they don't have so much experience in, in professional football or something like that but uh, they want to do things right and they want to do things uh, better um, so we will see. You, can help them. you can help them with all the sport uh, the soccer stuff obviously Obviously, yeah. Um, and you know, just underage structures. I mean, are you connected with the clubs below, like schoolboy clubs and that, or do you have your own schoolboy so, club? So we have a underage. Uh, we have underage teams from uh, under eight until uh, the yeah, up to the youths, up to the under 18s. You know, okay. um, a couple of years we had a second team also uh, who was competing like only two leagues below us. Uh, that was scrapped because of uh, the funds, um, okay. obviously. Uh, so right now we have the, the under 18s are the backbone for, for the first team. We okay. have, in the last two years, we've promoted six or seven players from the youth teams into the first team who are now regulars into the first team who, who have like two or three, um, two or three years contracts with us. Um, so every year there's like two or three guys who are coming up to us. That, that is our philosophy, to just keep it like uh, uh, with our underage uh, teams 
and uh, because uh, that's one of the reasons the club fell apart in the last 10 years. They were always buying players from outside. I obviously came also from outside. It's obviously you're gonna you're gonna have a few arrivals that are gonna gonna help you, but uh, uh, the fans want to see their own underage players, their own say um, their own yeah, guys from, from yeah obviously who are who are identifying with the philosophy of the club and you know who are playing with their yeah. hearts on the sleeve and everything. So we we, we try to sorry survey. Yeah, it could be a good revenue stream. Interesting, interesting. Uh, the first year that we took over, like 2008, we had a player who went up from the youths into the first team. We promoted him. Um, so he played the season. He, he scored, I think, seven or eight goals and set up like as many as that. Um, this, this is the first player since 2009 who was sold for money. In, okay. in Tuskoblenz. So we sold into Fortuna Düsseldorf, a Bundesliga team, but uh, to their second team, first of all. They want to they wanna develop him. He's only 19 years of age, uh, coming on to 20. Uh, so they want to develop him, but they paid monies for him. So we are the first team in the region or in the fifth leagues who, who, who took uh, uh, were you for... Were you involved in that uh, process, Admir, the, the financial side of it? And... Yeah. Obviously, Being yeah, on the board. Because, yeah, yeah, obviously, uh, first year also because the liquidator was only concerned about the outside uh, stuff and he was he was having troubles with the sponsors and whatever. So the head coach and me had to do all the contracts alone. We had to negotiate. We had to do everything uh, clearly on our own. And now, as a sporting director, I am directly involved with like uh, player dealing. Oh, Brilliant, great. Like uh, with the with the a great experience with, with agents, yeah, yeah, with agents. Uh, so the last three months, um, we had uh, four or five um, um, new contracts signed. So uh, we had uh, the head coach signed for another two years. We had a couple of young players who signed for another two years, and uh, we had some negotiations uh, between agents. Uh, and the players also, so it was a it was a experience um, as such, yeah. you know, for me to be in that position to negotiate and obviously to learn new skills, how how to negotiate. Um, it's a tough situation because when you don't have the monies, you know, you don't have the funds, you can't you can't really um, you, you don't have the aces, uh, so to say, you know. Uh, it's so you have to you have to appeal. Uh, with emotion, you have to like um, uh, talk football as much as you can because uh, you're not gonna you're not gonna uh, get them on, on on a salary, you know, which they deserve. Yeah, no, it's definitely tough. To, probably, it's good. It's good. It, it's uh, ultimately look from for me listening to all that story. That there's so many resemblance to the Cork City background that you had growing up along. Yeah. you know, yeah. you're in you're in a local town. Each will say, you know, you have that kind of fan base. Yeah, yeah. The team, the team fell apart. It comes back again. Hey, actually, Hoggy, I think you have a couple of books in that, have you? I, I'm sure Hoggy has a couple. Of, <laughs> yeah, have you? Oh, there we go. That's it. Oh, there it is. Full of there it is. Hoggy, there it that is. back, that background actually is a bit like you know, it's like one side I'm on holidays in Palm Beach, and then the other side I'm serious and I read. It's like half an hour. Actually, there's a dark curtain in on the left hand side. It's kind of 
your, your, that's the mentality side. Is <laughs> the it? boudoir. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's, he's boudoir in the back. What I was saying to Admir was that it's great then that even though you're on Cork for so long, like you now moved over to Coblenz and you can just see the passion, obviously being sporting director, now being part of the board, how somebody can grow to like a club and really want them to do well. Because even in our own scenarios, well, me and Darren, I know, I know Neil was only doing a small bit of coaching, but we were doing locally at the Monsignor League and you do kind of want to promote young lads through, you want to make them better and you want to see them come out to the side. So when you flip over from a player to a coach, yeah. And then you have the added benefit of being the sporting director now, which is great. It's a great opportunity as well there. Yeah. It's great to see that passion now as well for, for football and wanting players to do as well as you've done as well, you know? Yeah, yeah. obviously that's, that, that was the aim. And I really didn't plan to be uh, on a... Obviously, I want to develop as a coach still and uh, do that side of things. But, uh, you know, the situation at the club just forced us to, to do some things that uh, that are necessary you know so mm. but obviously i think in the long run that's going to that's going to be a great experience because uh, we we are working until on um, on extreme extreme uh, um, circumstances you know mm. so obviously this this situation right then break off yeah, um Amir, you remember the the famous game i suppose against the uh, red star belgrade <laughs> Dennis <Yeah>. laughing. <laughs> uh, I, that's one. That, that's the only on goal I scored ever. That's because I was normally not close enough to the ball. Not close enough to the goal. Admir went to head the ball clear. Was it? Wasn't the red star, Admir? Wasn't it? Yeah. I I went to head the ball clear. You 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 would hear back. You would hear back then. You go break up like that, wouldn't it? <laughs> Left it for you. Left it for you to get me out of the And I put, and I put yeah. it into Mick's net. To be fair, Mick was a fault. He was actually a shock. <laughs> who, was, who was on the post? Who was on the post? I was on the post. It must have been Carney or Morph because they were small. <laughs> <laughs> so, we'll blame it on Morph. We'll blame yeah, it on Morph. Yeah. You had uh, your man in a match that day, though, I think, did you? Yeah, I think so. But I, I, it, was, it was a great experience. I would have preferred if we got a result. You know, yeah. um, I think yes. we weren't we weren't uh, far away from getting a good result against them. They were they were a pretty decent side. Um, I think uh, most of the players um, from from that generation from uh, Red Star went on and um, made some great European careers, played in some big leagues, uh, national players also. So I think uh, we we did pretty well. Um, at home. Do you remember, remember Zigic playing Zigic up front and Dan, yeah. Dan, Dan, had a, Dan had a great game and there was a, I don't know if it's yeah. an old wise tale or whether it was uh, a proper story, Hoggy, you might be able to confirm or deny that uh, Big Sam was in the stands watching Zigic. Oh yeah, that's true, I think. And and his agent turned around after most of the great game on him. Great oh, game Benno. on him. Benno. Benno. Oh, was it Benno? I, well, Benno oh, sorry, Benno, Benno, if he's listening. Apologies, Benno. Apologies, he'll kill me. So, <laughs> they, they had a great game on, it, on him. And supposedly, the agent went up to um, Big Sam at, at uh, full time and said, well, what do you think now, Sam? Five million wouldn't buy him? And Sam goes, too right, I'm one of them. <laughs> so, honestly, I think, I think uh, their, their tactic was uh, they were obviously watch, watching the, the tapes from us uh, 
before. And I think the tactic was to, to go away from Moz because he was a, a big, strong, tall guy. And they were thinking yeah. that the Benno is a bit smaller, so they're going to target Benno uh, against uh, Jigic, you know. Uh, they were thinking they were going to get uh, some success, but uh, yeah, unfortunately, they didn't know that Benno is a rock. So, uh, yeah. Yeah. so uh, Benno, Benno just just uh, had a great game against him. And obviously, we all did, you know. Um, I think Moz uh, hit the crossbar straight after we we conceded. Yeah, fortunate because I think yeah. I think if we scored a goal, and uh, I think we 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 well, had a chance. Have, could have had a chance. Uh, took the momentum with us, you know. You never know how it end up, but. Uh, um, yeah, it was a great experience, I think, for us. And obviously, the away game, um, another experience, uh, surreal, you know, to play in that uh, massive stadium for so many, so many uh, yeah. supporters. And uh, obviously, great. emotional for me as well on another level. But uh, yeah, great experience, great experience. The intimidation was was serious in in Belgrade. Yeah, you know, from. From driving up the the yeah. promenade up to the up to the ground, you know, every every hundred meters there was a cop with a an AK forty seven waiting to go. Yeah. And stations, we had to walk down under the pitch to come out into the pitch. You know, it was it was a pro. Like, in theory, we were nearly beating before we went onto the pitch because there was so much yeah. going on. Yeah. Trying to again and then try to play a game after it was tough. You know, yeah. obviously the long. Long walk from the pitch to, to the dressing rooms, you know, that didn't help us. Mm. Uh, the, the the police officer with the with the Rottweilers and with the machine. Oh, yeah. Obviously, that's that's another that's another level. Which um, in my hindsight, I come from a different background. I all I, I saw that stuff already as a kid, so it was it was it was not so strange to me. But obviously, for you guys who are like not not so used to your normal day in Cork. That some uh, police officer with Rottweilers and, and machine guns are patrolling the street. So, Darren has it. Yeah, it's a tough, tough place to grow up, lads. Tough place to grow up. Uh, Admir, I, I, I remember, Admir, I remember you told, I don't know if you want to tell this story now, but you told me an unbelievable story about your dad and his, his friend in the war um, when he got shot. Yeah, obviously, yeah. When he got shot, yeah. So um, it was it was the first months of the war, I think, and uh, it was uh, not so far away where we lived. Um, that um, yeah, they were um, obviously minding the school. So whatever he was doing, I don't know, with, with his friend. So obviously, um, they were shooting at them, and he got shot uh, shot um, in the in the calf area. So um, obviously, they were shooting. Again, to try to you know kill him. Obviously, it's 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 a bad thing to say, but it was like that. So he was going for cover. Um, his uh, um, nobody could go near him because the shots were still firing. So what they did, they used a big massive truck with a shield to get to him uh, to to get him inside the school where they can give him the first aid. You know. Please. Um, so uh, they got that, so they were giving him the first aid, but obviously they didn't have any uh, medical supplies or nothing. So he had to be transported uh, uh, with, with like emergency. Uh, the only trouble is the, the whole city was under siege. So in every corner, um, there was like um, the opposing army, which was the, the Serbian army was uh, waiting with, with checkpoints uh, you couldn't get through, you know what I mean? You couldn't get through. 
So nobody, nobody um, had the courage really to take on uh, this task of driving my dad uh, into the city to the hospital, you know, to the, to the, to the main hospital. Uh, only his best friend um, was saying, come, like, I'll do it if what happens. It's, it's going to happen, you know. So um, what they did is they drove to one of the checkpoints and uh, in the background they were hoping um, that they're going to do a trade. So what they're going to do is like a trade, a prisoner, uh, an officer from, 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 from Serbia uh, for, for a pass. So my dad can pass uh, and go to the go to the hospital, but obviously at the checkpoints uh, there was some yeah nationalists there, and they were like punching him in his wound and like uh, oh my God. preparing the knives and everything. That was like a horror story, you know, for like for like a half an hour. And he had the luck uh, that the um, that the general and somebody somebody just arrived in the right time and just said. Uh, leave these people alone. Uh, we we just did a trade, and you know he, he had a, he had massive luck. He said, "Jeez, uh, unbelievable." Uh, so, 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 you you probably told me that story, Admir. Yeah. Oh, maybe maybe a year. Yeah. So what what ten ten years you left? You were probably in Cork. Five or six years was it under that? Why were you in Cork? Was, Sixteen to. I was playing. Um, from 2003 till 2008-9 and I came back uh, during the era where we when the forest took over you know oh yeah yeah I came back for a brief spell and it was really unfortunate um, I was supposed to play in Derry City that night when the when the no new Cork city was formed uh, I was only told in the hotel uh, before the game that uh, the, 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 oh, yeah. the three the three club rule had uh, obviously caught up with me as well. So, that so it, was, it was really unfortunate. I couldn't I couldn't play until like summer, and uh, yeah, it was heartbreaking because I want I wanted to start new again with Cork City. Um, I think oh, that's like, like... Tommy Dunn was trainer was coach. Yeah, yeah, manager. Uh, I think I think we only had like. 14 guys traveling up to Derry and uh, I was one of them and uh, I remember Gary, uh, Jerry telling me, uh, Jerry Harris telling me uh, uh, the, registration, the registration, the no, I went to Derry, I went all the way up there, I traveled all the way up, I don't know, the registration didn't come true, he just got the call from the FEI and, uh, that I already played for two clubs this season and I couldn't play it this summer, you know, because I, I came from, I came from Denmark, you know, I used to play second league in Denmark. So I, uh, I came from Denmark in winter. So I joined Cork City. So just, just moved up, moved back uh, with, with my parents and uh, wanted to start uh, fresh with Cork City. Obviously, the, the, we were all part time. It was a, it was a, it was a new setup, you know, um, but uh, I wanted to give it a go. Um, but wasn't meant to be. Yeah, like the... I said, I remember that. I remember that story that you that 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 thing. And it stuck with me because obviously we were we'd never experienced it down here. That kind of trouble, or that kind of yeah, yeah. you know, growing up, it must have been horrendous. But that story always stuck with me, always and ever. I always remember that that your dad's best friend got into the truck, drove him to see what he could do. You yeah. know. And where where are your parents now? 
My parents are living in England, in um, Bolton. Okay. So but they, they have they end up there. <laughs> so, so obviously, obviously the the recession in 2008-2009 uh, took its toll, and obviously uh, my parents lost their jobs uh, as well uh, during that period. So I have some relatives who are uh, living uh, 20 odd years in in Bolton, England. You know, um, my uh, mother's sister. So my aunt is living there. So they just got in touch and they. Um, they said we are thinking about coming to England because obviously England has a has a much uh, bigger spectrum of job opportunities and yeah. whatever. Uh, my sister wanted to study law, so she was uh, she she wanted to do her masters, I think, in Manchester or something like that. So it just uh, went hand in hand. Uh, so they are living right. there the last seven eight years, I think, or something like that. Yeah. So, so they're pretty settled uh, settled in England, you know. What do you miss most about Cork, Abby? What I miss, yeah, obviously the cross, obviously, uh, yeah, the, the... Tell the, the truth, it's the nightclubs. Go on, tell the it's truth. The night, oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh, those those days are over, Darren. <laughs> long gone, long gone. Long gone, long gone, obviously, obviously... What about uh, food, Lennox's, Chipper? Oh, Lennox's yeah. yeah, I try to tell people about Lennox's, you know, but uh, you have to, you have to just experience it, like, isn't it? Uh, they don't understand. Jackie Lennox's, they don't understand. Jackie Lennox's. <laughs> <laughs> make, make sure it's the Jackie part. I don't know. How it's... I know. I'm just uh, not. Obviously, <laughs> the chipper, chipper Lennox's, obviously, but uh, KC's in Douglas, obviously, that's that's a, that's one of a kind. I think uh, that's also something to be proud of in Cork. Um, yeah, I had some. I had a few nights out in Cork. Yeah, that's that's for sure. <laughs> a, few, a few nights in a row. <laughs> a few nights in a row. Obviously, obviously, very very young, very very stupid at the time. You know, uh, didn't, yeah. didn't didn't cherish that didn't cherish the opportunity. So uh, you wouldn't believe uh, how my mentality changed over the years. And obviously, that experience helped me as well. Um, I'm, I'm talking a lot. I was working also a lot with. Uh, young players, youth players, and just advising them to, to make uh, good choices because uh, you don't get m many opportunities. I think I was very lucky, like 18 years of age, playing in the first team on the fringes, you know, playing some European games. I, I should have done better, I think. Um, but obviously, uh, the timing of my decisions weren't, um, yeah. So I think every every one of us have gone has gone through that, and uh, yeah. every one of us has talked <laughs> has talked to players uh, when we yeah, were that yeah. age and trying to give uh, give them advice. Yeah. And we probably had guys as well, you know, yeah. advising us at the time yeah. as well, trying to give us some bit of advice. But yeah, you have to. Live, yeah, you have I think to live if you could solve own. that, if you could solve that experience gap and give give the experience straight to someone, you you're a very rich man. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. you've got to learn yeah. for yourself, haven't you? But it'd, it'd also yeah. be very boring as well. You know, you're supposed to enjoy your life, and yeah. you know, being, being a footballer in a, in a town like Oblenz or Cork, you still have to enjoy yourself as well to to make that experience more special than than, than your normal job. You know, but yeah. like you said, if you could just if you could just bottle some of the experience and pass it on, everyone would be a lot better off. But look, that's yeah. that's football. Yeah. You know, what I what I also remember is what what we had. At Cork City, especially, I mean, we we were we were together for a, a good few years. I mean, the backbone of the team and everything. I think we had a 
we had a great team spirit, a great togetherness. I think uh, everything what we did outside of the pitch was also great. So yeah. that helped us on the pitch, uh, you know, enormously. You know, we couldn't compete always with the big teams uh, financially, maybe, uh, but uh, we we did that through team spirit and obviously our fans. The cross was always <laughs> that, that gave us that gave us. Uh, they gave us another another push, you know. But um, no, it was a, it was a. But we but we trained hard too, Eddie. Let's let you know. Let not let's not let's not uh, you know make we this into we were party boys back then. You know, under under Pat Dolan and, and on from Pat. You know, play hard, uh, train hard, play hard. Just, but I tell you, you know, we remember, we trained hard under Pat. You know, really just, really hard. I just I just remember one thing. UL Limerick and the fitness oh, 150. Oh, yeah. Dave Mehidi up and down those One, banks. 150 you know. is so no. 150 meter run is the worst run in the world. Oh, in history. Um, I am, People are getting pains in their chest now with the coronavirus. There's a pain so in their chest still, after that 150. I'm telling you, so they know a man's business. It's unbelievable. Pandemic around the world. People dying in their thousands. And Dennis is comparing actually, it to the 150 meter run. It's, it's, we nearly died after that too, Murph. It's hard, Murph. Uh, it's really hard. Uh, I'm actually, especially with Pat Dolan looking down at you. Yeah, I'm actually considering to um, get the 150 test here in Koblenz. Yeah, summer, you should. See how they get on. Come back and tell us. See how they get on. Yeah. Because yeah. nobody did it like Benno. Benno was so yeah. mad to do that run, you know. Unbelievable. What What? Yeah. What did he get? 820? Got. And if you did the full six runs, you had 900. So eight two five or eight seven five, Neil. Again, you'll be able to fact fact check that one. No, but I think, yeah. they, I think they hadn't I, come. They hadn't come across anyone that had gone that far yet, had it? I think I did seven sixty, and that was like, that was like I was I was breathing through my hole. So we we had many people come down and do that test that wouldn't yeah. have been used to it. You know, yeah. and oh boy, it was her, it was horrendous. But as we got better, as we trained, with, like we were out in in use or in the Maradike, and we do a full on running session, and then at half ten at night, Noel will come along and do an every corner of the the running track, and we start doing push ups, press ups, core work. You know, we yeah. were we trained late and hard into the night. You know, do you know what I still have, Neil and Dennis? You you remember. I still have a training schedule from 2004 preseason. Wow. Jesus, wow. So you got to send have, that on. So I have, yeah. I'll make a picture, I'll send it. Dude. I have yeah. like the 10 times 100. If it fits into times, one picture, it can't be that hard. 10 times yeah. 200. <laughs> <laughs> You're exaggerating, lads. You're exaggerating. You could do this. It was simple but effective, Morph. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, so Pat Dolan did one session, 10 times 100. 10 times 200s, 8 yes. times yeah. 400s, uh, 6 yeah. times 600s, 4 times 1000. So all in one session. <laughs> oh, that was amazing. Omar, you, 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 couldn't believe, you couldn't believe the run we used to. We, we, used, we used to wake up in the morning. We wouldn't train. He'd meet us in the Maradite that night. And we dread <laughs> that run every single time we'd meet. You know? Like the amount of meters we did was phenomenal. And it was all timed. It was all on his clock. Um, yeah. So, like, that is like, so don't don't be kidding. There was, it was just all party has a, has a running story out there, but uh, no, oh, look, absolutely. Uh, look, I think we'd leave it at 
that for tonight's episode of uh, the Zoom Room and uh, welcome to everyone who joined you, and came in and it's brilliant to see you Admir thanks very much for coming on and, I'm uh, looking forward look, to, for the next episodes I'm available so if you want to great. yeah <laughs> definitely we'll have guest speaker yeah definitely have you as an, if you as want an option, we'll, add, we'll add you to the group um, for anyone German out there watching and listening, we're going to put it out in the podcast as well. Please share, like, and retweet it, and you know, get us out there. Tell your friends, and uh, also give us some topics if you want to discuss anything. If you want us to discuss anything, give us some guest ideas, and we'll uh, we'll go with that. Uh, thanks very much, everyone.